How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake. I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? <sighs> it's like it's like playing black in chess. Yeah. You know? Because you always have, like, the first move. You do the same thing every time. Right. You, you push king pawns up, king pa- king's pawn up two. Uh-huh. I'm like, all right, I have to react. Yeah, that's... I don't actually know that much about chess. I know that there's a... Um... There's a really fast way you can lose. There's like three turns or four turns or something. It's like the fastest yes. you could possibly lose in chess. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do know that that's how I would lose <laughs> if I tried to play chess. That's, that's about it. As as a brief side thing, mm-hmm. I have legitimate like I have it in my car somewhere. I think it's like slid under the passenger seat or something. Yeah. Um, but I do have a set, and I do enjoy the game. I like that it makes you think a little bit. That's what that's now, the reason I don't get, like it. <laughs> you might get pooped on an early game or two. Yeah. But I it's think a nice fun mental challenge. Chess is probably like magic and that there's a lot of depth there and it's probably like one of the best of its kind as far as like what it provides and then I'll never be able to get into it. <laughs> uh yeah. But I do know that uh, Magnus is the world champion forever. So He's like 15 years or whatever. I think he's like 20 years old and he's been winning for the last 18 years. (laughs) There's some nonsense world championships. It's insane. Look him up if Mm. you feel like it. That sounds like a Dota personality. Magnus, yeah. (laughs) Or like an RPG hero, right? (laughs) It is I, Magnus. (laughs) Uh, You know what isn't an RPG hero, though? There it is. (laughs) (laughs) That's not even a great transition. Bad games. So today we wanted to talk about, uh, I mean, we usually spend a lot of time talking about games we enjoy, I think. Yeah, like literally every other episode has been, Yeah, we're, we're repping something, but we, as we're getting a little analytical, it'd be good to cover some not so good games yeah. and what makes them shit. Yeah. I think part of the inspiration for this is we want to identify more positive qualities of games, but in order to actually isolate those for you to know how bright the light is and we need to show you the darkest <laughs> right we're gonna go dig in through some trash cans and learn to appreciate life for it i guess <laughs> um so yeah we kind of just went through populated some some starter starter games here i think a lot of people would uh, agree have some faults um so one of the ones i know i threw on this list really freaking early was uh fallout 76 what no which uh i i feel like it's okay to enjoy the games that we're going to call bad and in some ways i do as well um like i i actually played fallout 76 and had some fun with it for quite a long time like a week i guess (laughs) but in video game time that's not bad um but i feel like this one you could you'd have a hard time saying it's not a bad game yeah, it's fine to appreciate good qualities in something. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, Michael Jackson, great singer. Yeah. But, you know, maybe he didn't always have the best life choices. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's unsubstantiated. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I guess it's liable. <laughs> I don't need to be sued by the Michael Jackson estate. <laughs> by Neverland, right? That was his... Uh... Yep. Yep. So, what about <laughs> Fallout 76 makes it makes what it bad. What would you say makes it bad? So like, there's what's the first thing that jumps to mind. The first thing that makes it bad is uh it was rushed out the gate. It was underdeveloped 100%. I mean, maybe not 100% cuz 100% would mean it's literally nothing. But it was underdeveloped 95%. <laughs> yeah, and I know like Bethesda has had a reputation for having buggy games mm-hmm. and how it's kind of like their thing. Be like, but it, it's so open world and Ah, oh, the Skyrim music. Yeah. I am the Dova Keen. But then it just fucks up a lot. You're like, ah, oh, that's fine. Yeah. But this, from all reports I've heard, and like YouTubers I follow who are like, mm-hmm. we're checking out this new game and making a meme video from me just playing the game. Yeah. It was riddled, right? I think it's a, it's, maybe it's an indicator of how far you've kind of fallen as a game developer or publisher when your game is providing so much content for so many channels just because of how bad it is. Like, like if you needed to make a YouTube video to appease your, your patrons, uh, 
around the time that this released, jump on 76. Like, that'll get you the traffic. I don't know necessarily how we even saturated, how, like, consumers um, watched all of those Fallout 76's bad videos and read all those articles. Because, mm-hmm. like, a lot of it was pretty much the same stuff, but it was all over the place. Like, I mean, it's... It I was want to say the Donald Trump of video games, but, like, there is a certain way, like... You're like, oh, somebody fucked up. Bethesda yeah. made this mm-hmm. shitty release. But then you're like, I want to see some, like, I want some vindication from like, I want them to know that they did bad. So that in the right. future, they'll release good games yeah. and like fix their bugs. And there's so many bugs, Jake. I think, I think part of it's also like a, a, almost like a vulture syndrome where it's like, if there's a bad game, and some people play it and they're like, this is a bad game. And they just give it negative reviews on Steam. That's not going to explode. But once, like, there's so many people, like, pi- like everyone pile on, like, to the game. It becomes, like, self-sustaining. You just got, like, a nuclear yeah, core on this pile of people <laughs> just generating heat. <laughs> that's Jake, a- Jake, that's an orgy. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, the, the game itself was just absolutely riddled with bugs you could fall out of the world you um, could sorry you would <laughs> you would fall out of the world uh most of there was this um the primary enemy were these these scorched uh which are basically like zombies essentially mm-hmm. and they were um uh until you like encountered them or attacked them or they aggroed to you they detected you they would oftentimes just stand like a statue basically um but like when I played, that was a hundred percent bugged. Like, almost never worked the way the game intended. So uh, they would just be like holding guns like out of their elbows or in like really weird positions, and that was normal. Like that enemy type, which was probably like forty percent of the enemies you would fight, maybe more, was always bugged. <laughs> it's like this was a launch title too, and they did the whole the beta, break it early thing. Where they're like, that's the point of the beta, so we can break it early. And the I think everyone interpreted that as it will be broken early. We will report report the things that are broken, and, and then they'll fix. And them. then they'll fix it, right? <laughs> but they never explicitly said that. That was just implied. <laughs> so um, it was actually really interesting when the game launched. A lot of reviewers were like, "We played the beta, and we're not going to judge the game for that because." Like, so much of this was probably fixed before it went gold. Mm. And then they started playing the live version and, like, putting 10 hours in, 15 hours in, 20 hours in. And they're like, this is the same game. <laughs> like, nothing's fixed. Yeah, that's um, not great. Yeah. That's, that's pretty shit. I think, like, one of the, the major changes they did when they went live is they actually reduced everybody's carrying capacity. <laughs> Because they couldn't, uh, I think their their explanation for it was everybody has tons of junk as of like Fallout 4 because the point was to collect junk. Mm-hmm. And they moved that direct system over. And then they were like, hold up, we can't like store it in our databases or whatever. All of the players junk. So here's a super limiting weight cap for all of your stuff. That's, again, really shitty. Yeah. I feel like it should never be on the player for anything like that yeah if your game cannot support the gameplay of the players especially like a online multiplayer Mm -hmm. that needs to be addressed first and foremost because i'm sure you had dial-up growing up as i did right or maybe you were rich i don't know i had dial-up yeah Yeah. i had i had it for a while america online there it is yep (laughs) hello But, like, when you're setting all that stuff up and you have, like, latency spikes. Yeah. Or you just drop connection entirely. You get a phone call. Yeah. That's what it was for us. It was... It's so unimmersive. Mm-hmm. It's so... Jarring and it takes you out of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the full shepherd's crook in, like, old-timey theater productions. Oh, they pull you off stage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Because, like, anytime, like, a game has had a little bit of lag or, like, startup time, mm-hmm. I've complained about it. Yeah. Do you remember Far Cry growing up? Uh, I didn't play the original. I started with Far Cry 3, I think. No, Far okay. Cry 2. Far Cry 2. The one in Africa. I started around 
as I started, like I played other games, mm-hmm. I rented from Blockbuster Far Cry 3 Primal. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's a recent one. Yeah, that one came out after Far Cry 3. They had, uh, it was the, there was a controversy because it was the same map. As yes, Far Cry 3. it was. Yeah. But you played as like a werewolf or something else. Yeah. Um, it had ridiculous load times. Mm hmm. I was a fairly patient. I'm a fairly patient person in general until I'm in traffic. Right. But it took like two to three minutes to load a map. Yeah. On the Xbox, and you can hear like the disc frantically spinning. Like, (laughs) where's the other memory located? (laughs) And then after that, like in throughout the gameplay, uh, it would lag and freeze up because it had the whole map it was trying to allow me to see. Yeah. While I was trying to jump from point A to point B, and it's like, oh fuck. Yeah. Yeah, that comes up. That'll come up for uh, another game we're gonna cover. But loading times, anything that takes you out of the immersion in a game, um, and to be clear, your game doesn't have to be about immersion. Like there are really fun games that I'm entirely aware that I'm sitting there with a controller in my hands playing the whole time. Yeah. Um, but if you're going for one of these first person kind of like sneaking through the grass, learning a story, ambushing your foes, like going across the narrative, uh, going through the narrative type games and then you have like massive load times that encourage you to like take a break from the game do a couple push-ups like run outside go to work and come back (laughs) you know that's a sign that it's 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 a bit too much load times in particular i absolutely absolutely hate yeah like there are still some games today whether either like i'm playing something on ps4 usually from like a digital game not like a hard disk copy yeah or if i'm playing something online like i like destiny 2 is a good yeah. example mm-hmm. i'll like hey i'm gonna boot into the game but like hey i'm trying to boot in the game i'm gonna go take a piss and grab a beverage yeah because i have the time yeah and i don't need things to be instant i don't need the instant gratification but the technology exists for you to support things at that speed mm-hmm. people just connect and be able to play it was worth noting um for destiny 2 they kind of subvert this as well because they allow you to do things while you're loading um between areas and that's like holy crap games implement this feature one like sick feature that game developers don't want you to know or something like that um that's amazing like i really enjoy that because even if i didn't have a super important thing to do between loading i can spend a little time going through my inventory like i'll disassemble some items or whatever and then it's done yeah yeah so it's like a, an idle hands syndrome to a degree. Yeah. But like, so something just to mind for me is a monster hunter. Fucking yeah. love the game. Gameplay is great. Mm-hmm. But like loading into an area or switching areas, it can be like, and then, and you're still waiting. Yeah. So being able to like go and modify your gear or like say, Hey, I might be considering switching gear. Mm-hmm. What's the stat bonus of this eye patch versus something else. <laughs> yeah. Critical hits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But uh, Blizzard does a good job of that for like Overwatch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you're setting up for uh, you're ready to attack with your team, ready to push the payload. Yeah. The defending team has to get from where they start to set up a defense. Yes. Uh-huh. So you're just waiting in a room. Yeah. Which is better than, you know, waiting in a lobby. Just like we have all of our players here. What to expect? Yeah. You get to run around. You get to emote. You get to spray paint the walls or like destroy things in the room. Yeah, they subvert the whole just waiting behind the wall, you know, uh, until you can attack uh, mode. I mean, a lot of people still do or browse Reddit or whatever, but there's things in the game to keep you occupied. Yes. And it's not a full, you literally have to sit here and wait for the loading screen to resolve, Um, which is super obnoxious, especially in a game that has it a lot. So, like, you mentioned... um, crap what game did you mention it was open world it was monster hunter i was like i'm literally thinking of like, it in my he'll brain get it, he'll get it yeah uh you mentioned monster hunter like initial load times um kind of unfortunate um a little bit faster if you're using like an ssd or something but once you're in the the actual map they don't make you reload um right. and you can like just hop into your tent change your gear out if you know exactly what you want to equip things like that old monster hunter like monster hunter one yeah anytime you switch between areas mm-hmm. so you don't if you look at the map you have like number like one two 
It'll take up little sections of the map. Yeah. Those used to be separate areas every single fucking time. Gotcha. So if you killed an enemy, like, oh, I killed my Rathalos, and its tail fell over here, uh -huh. you might not be able to ever get to it because it was technically in a different area. Hmm. You'd have to go beyond the bounds of that to load into something. But the load times are also like a good 10 to 15 seconds, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Yeah, I never played. I never really played the old ones, so I couldn't yeah. say. But, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Monster Hunter World was... I think my my game of the year. So I mean, just play that one. Right? It's like it's just really good. <laughs> but we're talking about bad games. I was like, we should just talk about Monster Hunter. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, we already had that episode though. The um, some other issues uh, kind of plagued Fallout seventy six. On top of like a lot of this, like I was saying, could be attributed to not enough time in the oven. Like they just did not um, fix a lot of the bugs. Whether Bethesda ever ends up fixing the bugs, you could debate that a little bit. Yeah. But theoretically, some of the critical things could have been resolved given enough time in development. Um, and it's also it kind of suffered from, I feel like, a lack of vision in what it was supposed to be. Um, because I really, I honestly believe that this game exists because enough people said, I just played Skyrim and man, it would be super awesome if I could play that in co-op. Or I just played Oblivion, and it would be super awesome if I could have like had a friend. There was literally mod efforts. There was right. I remember I remember there was a mod effort for Oblivion to get multiplayer into the game. Never finished. Like of course not. You're like you're literally taking a single player engine making a multiplayer. Yeah, I I feel like a lot of the strength of those titles are from the single player experience. Exactly. You have to walk from point A to point B. You hear the ambient music. You kill some mud crabs along the way. Uh -huh. But you have that character progression that you've earned throughout gameplay. Yes. And it's it's very difficult to make an immersive game, which the Fallout series has always been immersive in its own way. Even if it's breaking the fourth wall, it's in this hilarious like post-apocalyptic, the world hates you kind of way yeah. that fit into Fallout. But when you fall through the world, that's not entertaining in any no. capacity when you lose gear when someone's like killing your quest objective um we played with uh i played with um, our friend ian when we were going through here and there is literally a bug where the ultimate goal was to investigate the fate of this um this guy at the end of a quest chain without spoilers i guess nobody cares um honestly i don't remember because the quests in this game were not particularly engaging as a whole but once per server restart, that guy spawned as a ghoul. If anyone else killed him, no one else could complete that quest um, if the, unless they were there when he died, basically. And he was in, just in a basement somewhere. So you literally had like, like 10, 20, maybe 30 people with this quest incomplete. As soon as the servers crashed, because that is how this restarts in 76, you'd have an opportunity to log in, hope you get to the basement first and kill the guy, depriving everyone else of their ability to finish the quest. It was like, it was sabotaged by the multiplayer and the bug, obviously. Yeah. But um, they really just, they took out all of these core features that we appreciated about the Fallout series to like slide multiplayer in it's like multiplayer is this giant block and you're trying to like make jenga right and each yeah. of these little blocks is like storytelling quests loot um frames per second things <laughs> like that and then you're just like let's just push that entire tower out and just slide in this mul single solid multiplayer jenga block and you're like that's what remains yeah it's a great example of something i always complain about which is having something because like you heard it was cool or for yeah. the sake of having it. And I know I've complained for like in movies and you have these romantic relationships between like a boy and a girl who happen to be near each other. <laughs> like, I don't give a shit. Don't put the love interest in because it tell the story you want to tell. Yeah. Have the characters develop how you want to develop, but don't be like, well, we got to grab this demographic. <laughs> Dave, I don't think you appreciated The Notebook for the I right reasons. <laughs> Fuck Nicholas Sparks. That was a boring movie. <laughs> oh. But like they say, like you said, like they're going for like these tick boxes of, oh, people really like Fallout as a series. Yeah. What else do people like? Mm -hmm. And you grab all these things and then you have a fucking Sonic remake. But like you're, 
you're missing the core material. Right. You're missing the whole point of why people like something. You can't just make a Mario game and have it be good. Yeah. You have to make something like Odyssey where it's pushing the boundaries but also playing off the fucking core. Right. That people like about it. People like that Mario is like fun and lighthearted but has some interesting mechanics and like they're pushing good gameplay and fun experience rather than just we'll have Mario um, and I'll shoot people. It'll be Mario <laughs> Mario FPS. Mario with a gun. <laughs> yeah, no, it's kind of like you're going through a, a ritual to develop the game. You're like, yeah. all right, we got to put in blood. We got to put in sweat. You know, we're, we're, we're like putting in long nights, things like that. And you get the to the end of your recipe of this ritual. And the last one is like, and then the soul of the game must be sacrificed. <laughs> and you're like, hold up. I should have read this before. <laughs> like maybe I would have picked a different ritual yeah. to develop a game. If I didn't have to sacrifice a soul. I also don't want to give them too much credit because they obviously wanted to make this a game as a service with loot boxes. Like that's, it was, it was a platform for microtransactions, which that's they knew a, works in multiplayer. Another good thing to talk about for more recent stuff that also kind of detracts from gameplay is when you have ways to buy things in game. Yeah. Rather than just like earn it over time. Mm-hmm. Like I remember back in the old days of Diablo 2, right. before people knew about all the possible hacks that you could exploit. Yeah. Uh, there, like Stone of Jordan became a, a currency. The currency. Item. Yeah. 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 Um, back when like duplicating was a thing, but it was like a rare item and it dropped over time and it felt really fucking cool to get something. Yeah. Because you're like, I've spent X amount of time playing this game. And the game has rewarded me, the heavens have bestowed upon me, this magical item. Yes. How cool is that? Yeah. But nowadays, it seems like, did you want blue so-and-so? <laughs> Here, gamble on this dumb shit. <laughs> I hope you can get it. Yeah. And I understand, like, cosmetics in games, for sure. <laughs> like, I'm, you've seen me play Dota 2. Right. I oh, yeah. I money into yeah, that yeah. game. Um it is just like an open wallet, like <laughs> leading into their, their to Gabe Newell's pockets. He just got a siphon. He just he's got a vacuum cleaner. Just follows around behind you with it yeah. up to your your pants. But I still think some of that stuff is better and more well managed and other things. Yeah, like Blizzard, I think does an okay job. Mm. Versus something like I know, like Mortal Kombat was a more recent one, or there's some other ones where it's just Battle Battlefront Two. Yes. It? Yeah. Exactly. They actually it's just absorbent shit. They were so egregious with it that they may have impacted policy in the U.S. Yeah. Like, um, they were introducing the um, a, a measure, I don't know the specifics of it, but basically to prevent access to loot boxes for children, um, to prevent them from gambling. So I don't know the specifics and whether that would ever have any effectiveness. My guess is no, because how could they ever make it, like, actually effective? But... I feel like that that spawned largely out of a battlefront, and yeah. I mean, people went to Disney directly with that, and were like, "Hey, what? Are, look at look at what EA is doing with Star Wars. You guys are Disney, right? <laughs> like, um, Disney doesn't like that so much. Um, but yeah, it's 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 just another piece of the the poop pie that became <laughs> Fallout seventy six. Yeah, and I love the series, like. I, I even enjoyed Fallout 4 a lot, which I have problems with. A lot of other people have problems with. But this is like... You can only get beat with a stick so many times before you're like, I should move away from the location where I'm receiving the beatings. Yeah. And that's what Fallout 76 is for me. <laughs> I, by the way, I didn't, I didn't want to tell you in front of the other guys, but that is why I stopped attending Fight Club. Yeah. <laughs> First rule of Fight Club is you have to fight, and it's just like you with your fists and everybody else has sticks. Uh I'm just imagining. That's actually not the first rule of Fight Club. You literally broke the first rule of Fight Club. Right. I, well, you did. Well, I guess you did first. But Yes. I just want to correct the rule number, I guess. Yeah. No, you're right. Apologies. Was it the was it the third rule of Fight Club? Is you had to fight? Because the second that, rule yeah, was, was also the, the first rule. rule. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> it was a tricky redirect. Uh, as a little go-to line. Yeah. Um, but, but those are some very like glaring examples. Because I think if you ask anybody mm-hmm. if they would rather have or have not for lag, yes, uh-huh. or like really long load times and interruptions in gameplay, bugs. Mm-hmm. And microtransactions, people are like, probably not for me. Yeah. 
and like looking even let's say five years back i feel like it was less prevalent and mm-hmm. a lot of things were more self-contained yeah even if they weren't necessarily great games because mm-hmm. a lot of stuff we grew up on was like early console era not like nintendo as much for me right but like ps2 and xbox and gamecube was all i feel like that was part of our heyday yeah and there was you go back just a little ways and like dlc barely existed like you gotta think like horse armor for oblivion was like one of the first dlc and people absolutely hated it and rightly so and eventually bethesda like actually came back and made fun of themselves for it they're just like oh yeah horse armor for fallout 4 and like the workshop and stuff people are like it doesn't work if you're also actually selling garbage at the same time as you're joking about selling garbage <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> you don't you don't get that rep but um yeah i mean we moved away from complete game at launch yeah model as a model um in a lot of cases hear me out i still like hades yeah there's some things that can still be built upon yes as long as it's built upon in a way where the consumer does not feel like they're being taken advantage of like if she was like hey we have a new patch and it's like that would be another ten dollars you're like why didn't you just make this game yeah and i think a lot of it comes down to trust like trust from the consumer in the developer and the publisher like we've had as an industry a lot of trust in developers and publishers and that's why there's been like so many pushes like steam green light early access um obviously early access is still like expand like exploding a lot um but at the same time it's also kind of burned itself a lot so that people are more selective about what they go in on for early access i want to believe i want to believe and like hades you could compare it to like um say kickstarter if it was just like put 20 bucks in get hades once it's done you may or may not go for that but you're objectively getting more value right now to be able to play Hades right now as a playable game than if you had to wait until it was 100% done to play it, right? Yeah. So. And I don't know if I would play, have played it. No, I probably still would have <laughs> if they had all the content. Yeah. Um, but it's been like nice to go iteratively and be like, oh, what, what's new? What do they add to it? Yeah. What more fun will I have as he gleefully rattles his fingers together? Hee hee hee. And there's, there's plenty of games that fall on the bad side of early access. Like, taking it back to bad games. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you say Steam Greenlight and uh, <laughs> early access? Yeah. Yeah. This is, a, this is a sea you have to wade through, essentially, if you want to, like, find gems of early access. And, yeah, there's just there's a lot, a lot of mixed games on Steam. I remember, like, you go back a couple years, and um, honestly, there weren't that many games on Steam that would have had a bad rating. I think around the time Greenlight and Early Access started launching is when they had their own ratings on Steam. But uh, Metacritic's been around for like a long time now. And there just weren't that many absolutely terrible games on Steam. Now there's a lot of mostly negative games. Like, you could search for them and be like, this is is significant. If there weren't any reviews, maybe I would fall for this for a dollar. (laughs) Right. So you keep saying that there are these extremely bad games on green light and early access i'm not denying that because you know yeah. i've been on a computer in my life <laughs> right but i was gonna ask what do you think makes them so bad is it just a lack of quality yeah is it a lack of vision what comprises them being poor i think it depends on where you would fall if we were to use if we were to use um steam reviews as the metric mostly negative games are games that have had development completely abandoned which case it's just basically you give your money and it vanishes and you get almost nothing um, with no actual hope of ever seeing a product. You've got like negative, um, which is like, actually, I guess that would be, is it negative? Mostly negative. Yeah. Negative, mostly negative, negative. You basically almost never see um, mostly negative. And then you have mixed, I believe is next, which is like a lot of games that have a spark of a good idea or a few uh, cool systems, but um, development's been abandoned, so you kind of have to take the game exactly as it is. Yeah. Or 
Um, in some cases, the game launched to early access really too early, and it's not really playable, and you're still hoping that someday it's good. Those games end Jake, up there. we're not talking about 76 anymore. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It so, would it would have been it would have been mostly negative, I think. Maybe mixed. So it sounds like for you, a lot of your issues with games are having a lack of content. Yeah, or, or being incomplete. Yeah, I think or, incomplete is probably a better way to phrase it because they might have all the content mm-hmm. that they intended, but it might be missing some je ne sais quoi. Yeah. Or I don't know what else. that means, but yeah. <laughs> je ne sais quoi, I think, is French for a, a certain little something. Ah, okay. A little so, bit of fizzazz, something that makes it special. Jazz hands. <laughs> yes. Yeah. As he hits the mic. Um, <laughs> jazz hands. Because, <laughs> like, for me, if in this day and age, graphics are like bad bad yeah it takes away mm-hmm. it depends on the game for me but it definitely well, can so i'm saying if somebody like in today's era made metal gear one yeah i tell them to go fuck themselves because <laughs> it's it's too far back and you're, they're not doing anything with it right it just i don't know it's for me a lot of video games that i always say should be like a visual novel yeah so you like visual novel video games? <laughs> I I don't want to I want to clarify that. No. no, it's more of it needs to look a certain way to get you into the video game, right? Otherwise, you're just kind of you're the input, and that's it. Mm-hmm. I press the buttons to do the thing to make the thing go. Yeah, we've moved away since our t- uh, Atari, right? Where it's like, yeah, I am these pixels; those pixels are. <laughs> the bad pixels i, I think those. <laughs> yeah. i think i'm those pixels <laughs> yeah so so it sounds like for you major thing is a lack of content or incompleteness in a game yeah or value value is also another big uh, factor for me we were talking about microtransactions yeah. and um kind of like we've talked about it in the past but nickel and diming the consumer if the transactions themselves detract from the overall experience of the game um, because i feel like i'm missing out on content i'm gonna take points off like that's gonna yeah that impacts me immediately so it needs to be a good ratio of your investment in it and the payout yeah Mm -hmm. and like i can i can deal with lack of polish if a game has features that i really love because i play like a bunch of broken games um or games that have a lot of issues, uh, if they have something to keep me coming back. Well, like, it's fun at that point, right? Yeah, yeah. It has to be engaging enough for you to overlook any type of issue. Exactly. Like, um, I'd have like good examples of that. I'd play like um, uh, the, the X series of space simulators. These games are notoriously bad at launch. Like, there's, there's stories of like how bad these games are. Like, crash constantly the last one came out i think is x4 um the economy and the galaxy was actually stagnant so like it's supposed to be dynamic but there was a bug so it was stagnant and everything would just trend toward boredom essentially it's it's hard to kind of like describe but um it's supposed to be this living warfare kind of game where like the aliens will come up and invade these systems and yeah. you build system like stations and things but like all of the other starter races were like way too strong so they would just like destroy the threat immediately <laughs> like it would never never reach the inner systems um and you're just like well that kind of sucks that that bullet point on the box doesn't mean anything um and that's something that's something i hate if, if you say that your game supports x if that it's a major system and then that just straight up doesn't work like oof, oof, oof. yeah i'm gonna back out i'm gonna back away from that that fault that you could file that under incompleteness though yeah, it's like a, a shitty tinder profile it's like <laughs> i'm really good with cars and then if i ask you for help with a car you're like what's a car i'm like <laughs> hold up <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. like i've definitely had some of the opposite over time where I've spent very little on something and I play it way too much. Yeah. Like Binding of Isaac. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, that goes back to, I think it's a closed system. 
it still adds content without charging me extra money. Yeah. The music is good. The gameplay is good. The one thing that pisses me off about a lot of <laughs> video games, which I do not think Isaac suffers from, mm-hmm. or games like Mega Man X, is uh, tight controls. Right. I need to have tight controls. If I am inputting to do X, Y, or Z, yeah, it better fucking do X, Y, or Z. Yeah. Because if it doesn't, I feel like I've been cheated out of something. Right. So like if I'm playing Jake and Smash, mm-hmm. and I press a button, I'm expecting it to do a thing. And if it doesn't, I don't feel like Jake beat me as much as my controller sucks. Right. Or the game's broken. Yeah. I can't admit defeat. You Dave's know? playing with the Mad Cats over here. <laughs> <laughs> but... I feel like a lot of that comes down to latency. I can't think of any like recent titles that I've played in. Like I have Xbox 360 controller on the PC. Yeah. I'm playing something and there's shitty input. Yeah. The requirement, I feel like as an industry, controls and responsiveness have gotten better over time. There's definitely going to be examples out there. There's somewhere like doesn't really matter. But for the games where it seems to matter, I think people people overall do it better now yeah um i, feel I like mean a lot of the issues would probably be highlighted in like steam Greenlight, yeah or early access or somebody who's like i'm learning to make a game using some engine but it lacks so many of those other things where they're like we did some very basic things mm-hmm. but then everything kind of breaks at the same time i actually thought of an example slap city which is a game we previously <sighs> covered i was thinking it's, about it earlier this week yeah its controls actually are not nearly as tight as smash no and it's i mean like clearly it doesn't have the budget of sakurai right like uh so you 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 pass over it but um if you stop and you think about it like i just died because like input was weird or something or like the frames just don't feel good yeah like that game had a lot more of that than smash does yeah but it was also borderline enjoyable enough for me to overlook it a good portion of the time Mm mm-hmm but a lot of times, like, I felt like I could not get through a certain character that you were playing because my options were limited. And then, like, me having to input them at the same time was like, Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it, is, it didn't feel as good. And it, it can be important for some of these games. And if your game has action as one of its operative words in its genre, you should have good controls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, any type of FPS, like, if you left-click... Yeah, shoot. <laughs> if you press a button for like a grenade, it goes out. Right. If you're playing Call of Duty, you can unbind left click. Just hit V. Just commando, hit V, you're good. <laughs> Just full on knife. <laughs> I guess a lot of people, I guess at one point I bounded that to mouse too because, I mean, you're playing commando. You're not, you're not playing Call of Duty. <laughs> oh. It's like when you're that one guy in a Halo 2 who's like, I know where the sword is on this map, and then you just get it, and you're like, <laughs> shink, shink, and that's just no guns. Got him. Oh, man. All right, I need to pause and look at the list. Um, I was actually going to talk about Call of Duty, because we, we just mentioned it. All right. And Hit me up. What you got? This one's more controversial, because a lot of people, and to a certain extent, myself included, actually enjoy Call of Duty. But the reason I would cons- personally consider it a bad game-ish with like a bunch of asterisks is because they re- refuse to innovate in the in the series it's always the same game that hits the same buttons and it never really feels you always feel like you could go back to call of duty four or two and Ooh, have as much four. fun yeah um or just modern warfare too yeah was mm-hmm. like my college sweet spot yeah i get you saying though um i don't think it necessarily makes it bad in the same way you have, like, FIFA or NBA or Madden or right. Forza. Like, a lot of those things, it's the same formula. Mm-hmm. I don't personally enjoy those games, but I don't think it makes them bad games. Right. Just because I don't enjoy them, enjoy the format. I would take the counter opinion and say, I think they're bad games because I don't enjoy them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm just kidding. It doesn't... The same way, like, I can appreciate certain horror films are probably good horror films. Yeah. I just can't watch scary things. That's just right. nothing I enjoy. But I would argue in the case of... So Call of Duty is a very iterative series mm-hmm. with low vertical innovation, I would yeah, say. for sure. So like, I feel like, to be fair with the way that I believe games should be reviewed, every Call of Duty that doesn't add something to the series 
like meaningful should get a lower score than the previous. Like, like the first time that Call of Duty Four came out, it's like, oh my gosh, like this is amazing. We've got like all these these. Uh, there's literally a full conversion mod for Star Wars, and people were messing around with it, and it was, yeah. it was freaking awesome. And it had like a purity to like some of the kill streaks, and it was just crazy. And then very, very, very minor kind of improvements on top of that, where they're just trying to cash into that yearly, those yearly uh, cod bucks. And uh, I feel like those should those should fall off until you're just giving it irrationally low reviews. Because yeah. it doesn't need to exist. That's true. I'm trying to think of a counterexample of something like Final Fantasy. Okay, that's right. That's something that's consistently <laughs> built over time. Built yeah. over time. Right. Uh, it's not always like the exact same format, typically in RPG. Yeah. Um. But like going from 14 to 15, <laughs> that's my that's my little Final Fantasy joke. <laughs> 15 was fun, but uh, had some had some issues. In 14, you could play with thousands of your friends. In 15, it's a solo game. So, zero well, out of 10. Well, what have you done? <laughs> the whole game is with my friends. It's a car ride across the country. Um, <laughs> the people have gripes with those because they stripped out so much of the identity yeah. of what uh, freedom uh, Final Fantasy kind of provided for you in the past. Yeah. So, I, th- I do think sequels do need to, as you put, be iterative. They need to build on the existing thing. Otherwise... If you're just asset swapping, like, well, it's not these characters, it's these characters. Yeah. And some other obvious trope story. Yeah. It doesn't really engage me. Yeah. Because I feel jaded because I've played like so many games over time. I've ingested so much media. Yeah. Watch a lot of TV and movies. And like, you want something fresh. Fresh like a kill. Oh, yeah. But. it's amazing to play a game that is in a genre that you haven't experienced for a while. Yeah. That is also a exemplary of what that genre should be, because you're just like, "Ooh, well, this is nice. Like this is this is actually pretty fun." Um, and sometimes it's easy, sometimes you can lose the fun in games, especially if you're hopelessly addicted to them, like I am. And you're just like, "I'm going to be playing games no matter what, whether I yeah. <laughs> enjoy it or not." Uh, but. Uh, Sometimes you find something that really just absolutely stands out. And I don't think, you know, admittedly, I have not played the most recent Call of Duty, but I don't think that I, no, it has I that spark. You, it's not wildly different from previous titles. Yeah. Yeah. I really, if the, if the multiplayer feel is still engaging and irritating, then I think that it's the same. <laughs> yeah. I, that's, that's pretty fair. Yeah. So it's important to it's important to innovate. Always yeah. strive for something better, and don't don't always play it safe, because that's definitely what they do. A good example of something around this topic, mm-hmm. which is also on the list, is fucking Mighty Number no. Nine. Oh yeah, Mega Man, a series that I give a shit about because it's just it's cool. That's really my only descriptive word there, <laughs> and I grew up with it, so yeah. I'm nostalgic about it. Um, <laughs> Like, they changed the art style, the music, the whole feel. Yeah. And it's just, it's bad all around. So much so that, like, I played it for, like, an hour, was hopelessly depressed. (laughs) I pre-ordered it, like, because I think it was the guy who had originally done Mega Man things. He was like, hey, I'm going to go do my own thing away from Capcom. We're like, oh, thank God. Mm -hmm. Because Capcom recently has had some some weird Mega Man titles. Yeah. Capcom has weird titles yeah, in general at this point. That's very safe to say. <laughs> but then it was so far off of the core material that I like. I gave a shit about. Yeah. And it changed the gameplay as well, and it just it fucking nuked the whole thing for me. Yeah. It's I a, know a lot of people felt similarly because yeah. refunds are real. <laughs> yeah, that that game was not very well received. So that, that's like an example of where they they might have tried to innovate but they lost the core feel they lost the identity of the series they were building off of yeah it's like eminem i'll listen to your country album (laughs) because i like you as an artist country but like (laughs) but like you don't necessarily want them to go back to the roots but you want them to 
Okay, let's use JonTron as an example. Okay, that's a good example. I like old JonTron. <laughs> right. A lot of classic things, <laughs> a lot of classic memes and jokes. Old JonTron was better. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a good new JonTron joke. Exactly. Um, and, like, he still does stuff, and it's not gaming-oriented, mm-hmm. but I still enjoy the content that he's making. Right. He's evolved in a different direction. <laughs> Yes, I understand. <laughs> like, there's a budget now. Yeah. I'm not here to defend him. I'm just saying, like, I enjoy that his content has changed for sure. Yeah. In a different direction. But I still, it still has the core JonTron-ness to me. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that's what I appreciate about it. It's kind of like a sketch show, essentially, based around whatever content he's covering for the week. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's, I think that's entirely fair. Like I still enjoy watching JonTron. Yeah, it's like is it gonna is it gonna ever compare with like the Halloween videos and Clock Towel? <laughs> no, it's... maybe not, but it's it's still like perfectly entertaining. Um, Do you have an example of a game where it kind of they experimented but wildly went off of what the goal was? Besides seventy six, yeah, besides seventy six, yeah, that was kind of like a mad scientist experiment. Yeah. Um, While you're thinking, I will say, like, Mega Man X Command Mission mm-hmm. was definitely different in the Mega Man space. But for how little I played it, it was actually pretty fun. Yeah. Because it's, like, it was a very simple RPG, but it had Mega Man stuff. Yeah. And I was like, all right. Okay. Give it a shot. I like it. I think um, I think that... I'm looking at our list now. So, yes. So don't give me full credit for this. You can go in two directions here. Um, one of the I think I think I'll go with Metal Gear Survive actually at this point because Metal Gear as a series, um, I mean most of what I know about I know about the the from the wiki and MGS five and obviously the best title Revengeance, but <laughs> the fact you did not say Snake Eater in that sense hurts me. I I, I never played it unfortunately, but Jake, I have a PS two and three. I th- I think at one point I had your PS2. That would have been my option <laughs> when we were, were borrowing it. I think for a while for Devil May Cry, and yes. it wasn't used for that anyway. Yeah, yeah no, Just ended up getting it on Steam. But um, yeah, Metal Gear Survive. Uh, Metal Gear Five was a massive departure for the series. Obviously, it's like the first really open world um, entry. Uh, they played around with a lot of the things that made games like Breath of the Wild really good also were kind of present in MGS5. And by that, I mean, try a thing, and the outcome is hilarious. And if it's unpredictable, it's unpredictable in an entertaining way. Yes. Um, And sometimes you just have a really good idea, and it just works out. Like, you strap C4 to a guy's Jeep, he drives into a village, you detonate C4, and you're like, mission complete, we're done. (laughs) Um, Or, like, Donkey's video. Where he had tons of fake snake Inflatable decoys, decoys. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> kept waiting, huh? Kept waiting, huh? <laughs> All of that, and the guy, had, the the enemy, had absolutely no idea who like the real snake was. Just losing his mind. That's awesome, and that's an innovative and a like pretty big departure for yeah. the series. Um, I mean, it's always had some weird humor in MGS. It's it's a very unique game for sure. Yeah, and then Survive comes out. You know, and just, I, I don't know. Like, it's it's bad. Well, yeah, it was. So, at least for Metal Gear 5, it still had a lot of core. It still felt like you were playing Snake in any other game. Yeah. You just had more options to do things. And it had a lot of personality to it. And you're yeah. like, nice. I'm going to play this theme when my chopper swings into the mission. <laughs> It'll be badass. Yeah. <laughs> And then I'll, like, run off with my wolf and, like, we'll stab things together. Yeah. And it survives, like, but what if you right. leveled up over time by stabbing zombies? And it was the most... If if you needed, like, hey, think about a game over the weekend. We need to yes. have an idea by Monday. Uh-huh. This takes you two seconds. Yeah. Because it's just like, well, fight off horde of zombies. Has that been done? yeah right and then it's like they used old focus test data from like five years ago and then they made a game based off of that so that's outside of the metal gear solid space yeah the gameplay is entirely different they don't really have the characters at all 
mm-hmm. from the Metal Gear series. They just kind of, hey, uh, we have the rights to this engine yeah. and this stuff, so here you go. <laughs> Give us that money. Give us those sweet, sweet save slot bucks. Also, I'm going to file that under bed. Um, yeah. Charging people for save slots. It's, it's just one of those, like, at this point, like, hilariously egregious because that's never been done yeah who the fuck would pay money to be able to save their game an additional time it's really innovation and evil at this point (laughs) like final fantasy 7 how many save slots do you have i have no idea like 99 (laughs) oh that's right yeah because it was the full kind of rpg maker list you have three but then you could keep scrolling down yeah Mm -hmm. and i think it was 90 or close to it was pretty crazy you would ever fucking do it yeah you would run out of like memory card space before you ran out of slaves save slots <laughs> but it's nice that they tried <laughs> yeah um but yeah i mean they they sacrificed the core identity of the games they abandoned the plot that people cared about a lot of people at this point like were really invested in metal gears plot you could you could actually even say like the latter half of five is a bad game and i think few people would argue yeah and to describe your example a little more in detail, uh, Metal Gear Solid Five was very open world and awesome. You got to do a lot of cool things, yeah. take over encampments, play how you wanted to play. Hook people up to balloons. Oh was... my god, the Volton. Yeah. Extraction kit. Um, but then like the later half, just kind of like with Fort, um, Final Fantasy Fifteen. sorry, it started very open world, kind of cool, approach how you want. And then it's like, hey, uh, we have to do this story thing. So they just um, made the game super fucking linear. And that was it. Mm -hmm. That was it. They just completely restricted. They put the the choker on your gameplay. And they're like, no mas. Yeah. And you could tell that this is rushed development also for five. Because they're like, oh, you want to do the next story mission? I'm going to need you to clear like five side missions. Just run those. And then I think at one point they had you redo harder versions yeah. of previous missions yeah. to unlock the next normal difficulty story mission. It's it was it just kind of reeked of rush, and the fact that there was supposed to be like another chapter, and there's literally like the cutscene in the game files for another chapter. That kind of tells the story, right? Like, yeah. Um, and I mean that you can file all of that under bad game, but the mechanics which were developed, you know, clearly much earlier in development because that is good and show, shows up through the entire game, like, made it worth finishing, right? Like, for in my opinion, it made it worth finishing. Oh, so, yeah. Um, I have no regrets about that game whatsoever. Yeah. And Even I know, like, it, I still consider it to have issues in the same way 15 did. Yeah. Sometimes I'm just like, man, I'd, like, make a new save game, do some research, get the research going, mm-hmm. uh, fill out the staff at Mother Base, like there's there's just a lot of cool innovative ideas and systems and mechanics that just carry that game so far for me like i just wasted time collecting tanks and perfect soldiers when the game was just like you should do like main story stuff at some point I'm like hold on <laughs> <laughs> gotta gotta fill up the zoo <laughs> yeah or like uh, just really stupid stuff. I've already mentioned I like farming in games. Yeah. Um, this game scratched that itch perfectly because it's like, hey, if you can go, you can start a mission, go collect a bunch of soldiers, randomly generated stats, whatever, find the best one, collect them, grab a couple tanks, maybe grab some oil containers because you really need that back in other base, hit a checkpoint, and then quit. <laughs> just like quit out to like leave the mission yeah. and you say you keep everything that you collected. And then just do it again. Other people, that would be super boring gameplay for me. I'm like, this is satisfying. <laughs> well, you're always looking to uh, game the system in a yeah. way. You're looking to try and min-max, find the most efficient ways to do things. Exactly, yeah. And I think that's just... That's you. Yes. It's mm-hmm. not a bad thing. Right. But a good example is like Monster Hunter. Right. Uh, you could go between like mining nodes and they'd refresh like every X minutes, but you had yeah. like this route. Yes, I did have routes. But in that way, I think that's a good game design thing. Yeah. Because you can stay in there and just kind of explore without going on a specific mission. Mm-hmm. And you're like, hey, maybe I need resources. And you can actually just go and do that. Yeah. Whereas other games might limit you in some way where you have to 
either log back in every day, try and wait for a bonus, or try and grind something out. Yeah. It's nice that it doesn't force you to do that. Mm-hmm. It's got different play styles uh, if people, for people to diversify on, which is... Yes, I mean, that's, Sekiro. That's pretty good, yeah. Sekiro is, belongs in no place in the bad games list. <laughs> right. But I know a lot of people uh, did complain that it did not have, like, other FromSoft titles... Oh, various ways to farm build power. out your character or do something. Yeah, that's fair. I think we talked about that a little bit. A little bit. Um, but, I mean, that's part of their vision for it was yeah. we will have a very difficult game and there will be a limit to how much you can prepare for a fight. You can prepare. Be prepared. Yeah, be prepared. Yeah, we'll be prepared. For the death of the king. Why, is he sick? No, fool, we're going to kill him. And that'll make it a fight easier. But our intention is that it's difficult. Which is fine. Difficulty is its own metric in a way. Yeah. Um, I feel like if you try and make things, again, if you do something for the sake of doing something, if you make it difficult, just because you're like, my game's challenging. Right, yeah. It's not good. Yep. Whereas like Cuphead, very challenging game. But everybody loves it, right? <laughs> Except some reviewers, but yes. Well, <laughs> right, right. If you could get through the tutorial, you may enjoy it. Like, it, it has a lot of good things about it, though. Yeah. Um, but there are other games that I feel kind of just really shotgun, like, hey, we want to try and hit all buttons possible. Yeah. <laughs> which it's... is like the spread very thin mm-hmm. instead of focusing on one thing. Jack of all trades, master of none. I'm just imagining like someone's like, what what kind of demographics do you think we should target for this game? And then they have like a pie chart and there's just like male gamers and power gamers and like female gamers and all this. And someone's marketing person just like takes a, a marker and just circles the entire thing. They start <laughs> with the Sharpie on the wall, but like from outside the business room and then come in, <laughs> encapsulate the whole building. Yeah. Yeah. Like, guess it's Tetris. All right, we're making Tetris. <laughs> I feel like a way out is a really good example of this. Okay, that was the uh, the two person. Yeah, it's like a co op thing, and you were like two guys breaking out of prison, and then like some other stuff. And it's meant to be like this whole cool story, and like it has some cool aspects. Yeah, I guess, but it's a lot of pretty basic mechanics. Mm-hmm. What I would argue are very tedious objectives, right? Or like button mashy for like. You gotta lift the gate. Oh my type gosh, sequences yeah. or other things like that, and it's just—it's not interesting to me. It seems like they just went wide and not deep. Yeah, and I don't know what the fuck it's supposed to be about. As a pet peeve, the mass button mash, like mash as fast as you possibly can, quick yeah. time events are like my least favorite thing now because it's not actually mash as hard as you possibly can. Yeah, it's like it's speed, and then it also just makes my hands tired. Why would my hands want to be tired? Like, why would I want my hands to be tired when I'm playing a game with a controller? You know? Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> All right, let's extend that to quick time events real quick. Okay, yeah, I don't like quick time events. I think they they can be all right. But, it depends. But so, like, let's know. say Sekiro, right? Yeah, it's using an in-game mechanic through a kind of scripted sequence to yes. stab the snake in the eye when you get a palanquin. Mm-hmm. Spoilers, right? But right. there are a lot of games where it's nobody just, knows what a palanquin is. You're fine. I know. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> um, but yeah, if a game is just making you do it for the sake of doing it and if yeah. you fuck up then like you you lose the cutscene. yeah no if you're gonna show me something show me if something if you're gonna have me interact have me interact like i like in god of war you can get like a killing blow mm-hmm. you have to do like a separate interaction awesome great right. let's do that mm-hmm. make it cinematic yeah but don't fucking give me action like when i'm doing basic shit like washing my hands and like yes i dropped the razor blade that i was also shaving with i don't know did you ever play uh Fahrenheit. It's not Fahrenheit. It was um Indigo process. Indigo prophecy slash. No, I've heard you talk about this game more than once. (laughs) This is a game that is entirely comprised of quick time events. For you were literally talking about the shaver thing. Yeah, that's that's this game. Like open cupboard, like take out pill bottle, close cupboard, open pill bottle, all with different modes of like, like. 
uh, move the mouse in like a left semicircle or drag it to the left or shake it up and down. Like the entire game was that. I, that is a bad game. I, it, was, it was. It was not great. I have not played that game. But that sounds like shit to me. The problem. The problem I think with quick time events in some cases, and and this is actually, um, I can think of a really egregious example I'll mention, but uh, it's not an alternative to gameplay. You shouldn't use it as an alternative to gameplay. You should only use quick time events if it enhances the player's engagement in the moment. Yes. And it makes them feel feel awesome. Uh, quick spoilers for like end of not God of War, the latest PlayStation game, but uh, I think it's God of War 2. I'm not going to correct it because I don't know. Yeah, anyways. It's a PlayStation 2 one, I think, or 3. There's a point at the end where Kratos is literally smashing Zeus's face in. And that is a mash, like, as fast as you can thing. But it's not one you can lose. It's not like you're just going to... I mean, you might be able to if you literally stop hitting the button forever. But you can just mash as fast as you want, and you, like, obliterate his freaking face. Like, entirely. Ceases to have a face. Yeah. Um, and in the moment that is amplified for the player because they feel this sense of vindictiveness for everything Kratos has gone through. Um, and that allows them to tap into this kind of brutality of the main character. Bad example of a quick time event taken into bad games. Mm-hmm. And I might get a little bit of flack for this, but Resident Evil 5. Uh, yep, I heard about this. I absolutely hate the quick time events in that game. And one in particular is burned into my memory. Um, where you can be attacked by a man on a motorcycle who has like a chain blade behind him. And it's just a cutscene with Chris and Cheva. And I don't know about other people, but normally when a cutscene happens in a game, I put down my controller and I pick up my bag of chips for daily caloric intake. And uh, not always literally, but sometimes literally. And this game doesn't let you do that because it'll have like a very short quick time event of like a few seconds uh-huh. or a second and a half or something like that. Maybe two seconds. And you can just completely fail it if you didn't have the controller in your hand and die and have to redo that quick time event sequence. Um, or if you hit the wrong button because you just picked up your controller, you instantly fail and you die. Yeah. And then they do this in co-op. So two people have to hit buttons, maybe not at the same time, but in the same cutscene, or both people have to redo it. That's that's bad. That's that doesn't make people feel like they're working together. That just makes people frustrated. <laughs> yeah, I, I really don't like. Also, that's like repeating content. Yes. Yeah. It's like if you came into my party like, "Hey, what's up?" and you came up the stairs and like, "Really? That's how you're gonna have your back positioned?" Yeah, you're gonna get yourself scoliosis. I'm like, go do it again. <laughs> and no one feels like they're a better gamer. They're like, oh man, I was such a skilled gamer that at that motorcycle scene, I hit X when it told me to hit X, and I didn't lose. High fives all around. The crowd claps for you. Good job, you pro gamer. You no, you're just like, I died, and then I rewatched the cutscene, and I didn't die. Move forward. Yeah. I'm a little vindictive about that one. <laughs> well, it's fair. Like, those things that are really bad will really stand out for you because of such a negative experience that you associate with the game. Yeah. And it feels it feels really crappy to, like, in co-op, to, like, set somebody else somebody else back. Because you're like, ah, oh, crap, sorry, I didn't have my controller in my hand to press X. So, we gotta yeah. watch that one again. I don't know. Don't do that. Other things in that game, good that bad <laughs> yeah so yeah i think it's like we're at about time ish yeah i think that's pretty comprehensive i think we've covered every every you know, single bad game every bad game every bad thing every bad game yeah if uh if your game has some of these aspects that we've called out as bad uh change that before you launch if you can uh unless the thing that was bad about your game was because it was pushed out of development fast in which case you're screwed good luck (laughs) like um and hopefully at the end of it you know you don't end up with all of your cartridges in a landfill in new mexico and you crash the game market so that's also bad et that was et yeah Yeah, (laughs) it's like i should know this (laughs) 
All right. Well, I would like to thank everyone for listening to another episode of Soapstone. As always, you can reach us at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast. We're happy to hear from you there. You can also send in your feedback directly to soapstonepodcast at gmail.com. Had to think about that. Don't I know. I was right? like, it was a, it's not it's not hotmail. It's not another type of mail. It's Gmail. Yeah. So gmail.com. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you. So we'll see you in the next one. Bye.